Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 61 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. As always, with my friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Hey, Shannon, how's it going? <laughs> every episode. Every, every episode. episode. And you say it, every episode. Hey, do you feel like someone's watching us? I always feel, feel like. like. Yeah. Do you That's feel like? as much as we can say, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like? Yeah. Yeah. We have two other people here in the podcast room with us today, or studio, I guess you could say. The one, the only, the very handsome Drew Patterson, my husband. He's a never listener, first time on the shower. <laughs> hi honey yes <laughs> have you listened now you listen to one episode maybe part of maybe? wow yes. okay i think so moving on i do tell people that you have a podcast uh-huh. my spouse has listened to every episode by the way uh, she gets the award and then our our very good friend matt cribs hello matt hello everybody thank you for having me here i don't have a spouse so i can't claim that <laughs> oh, they gosh. do or do not listen <laughs> but do you listen I do. I'm a I'm a on and off again listener. On and off again. He said the other day we were like his third podcast. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. there's some really good ones out there, so it makes sense. So <laughs> yeah, y- y'all, you guys are great. Um, I actually spent some time when I first started. Oh. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. we don't want to. Are we are we diving right in? No, right, no. Right we'll, we'll, go, we'll get to that later. You wouldn't last ten minutes in my world, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I went back when I first started coming to the church, and I went back and started listening to a lot of your older sermons. Like mm-hmm. ones that were kind of like oh, yeah, resonating right. with what I was feeling at the time, so mm-hmm. I listened to a bunch then, and I try to catch the weekly, the weekly um, podcast. But Josh is right; I, I have like two of my faves. Yeah, and, and I've worked like two miles from where I live, so I don't get a lot of car time. Yeah, right, so. right, <laughs> right. And then, and then, um, Drew, I'm glad you're on here. Maybe you'll listen. You probably won't listen to this one either because you don't want to listen to yourself. That is correct. But I might listen to some in the future. Now. That I see how much fun this is. Yeah, well, they're all. You can also listen to the ones in the past, but you will listen in the future to episodes in the past. Yes, that maybe is correct. you could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> he's not. He's, he's not. like. He's not going on. I record. don't want to commit. Yeah. Because yeah. then the next time I'm on here, you're going to ask, "Have I listened to any oh, podcasts?" Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, he's and assuming. Then, <laughs> he's assuming there's he a thinks next we'll time. We'll have him back on. <laughs> oh, that's we so probably funny. would. But see, the great part is it's a podcast, so you could come five years later and listen to it. And people could be listening from five years from now. What? Yeah. That's a space-time continuum thing I don't know if I'm ready for. Right. We should say some things that are very topical right now. Yes. To make this seem very dated. (laughs) Yes. Um, I need to go and use my rotary phone to make a call. Does anyone have a phone book? Turn down your A-track player, Drew. I need a dime to put into the phone I'm pretty certain you can borrow a phone book from my mother. <laughs> Are we doing mom jokes now? No, no? I, just, oh, okay. I was serious. I wasn't joking. I know. Uh, Janice I know. has one somewhere. We somewhere. can we can borrow some phone cords from your dad. Correct? Yes, you can. <laughs> he has an entire drawer full of bundled up little cords that came with whatever electronic device he bought 15 from years 1987. ago. And it's still there. Every modem he bought came with an extra cord and he just kept them because cool. he thought he would need them. I keep, I keep all my like, Apple boxes and my Xboxes. 
boxes. Yeah, like, I do keep no. boxes. Yeah, but this is a phone cord. Like nobody even yeah. has house phones anymore. Josh, I do the same because that makes when you move, you it cannot. Makes it easier. Yeah, <laughs> th- there's no better way to to box up something like that than the box that came in. And yeah. I will True. say that there are a lot of Ethernet cables that are used mm-hmm. at this church. That mm-hmm. came from extra modems and stuff I had from the house that well, were in boxes. But I'd like to point out, not phone cords. No, they're, <laughs> they're too flimsy. Not phone cords. Well, gentlemen, thank you for being on the show with us today. I think it'll be exciting. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different, Josh. We are actually recording in the evening. We usually are morning Morning recorders. recorders. Yeah, so uh, we'll see if our energy is the same. And I it's about past my bedtime. I mean, it's close. I mean, I've... I've, you know, if I'm at home, I've, I've been in bed for like two hours now. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting work done, but I'm, you it's know, the I'm 167 still, at night. At night. Kind of like Nick at night. Yeah. PM. Yeah. <laughs> Is this any, in any way similar to Club Apple? Like, no. you know, Applebee's when they had the Club Apple. They'll Do you remember DJ, that? They'll DJ and then they'll it, have it like trivia It was like past y'all's time. It was past all went. of our time. Sorry. But it was like some kind of uh, promo they did. And they were trying to get people to come to Club Apple at like 10 o'clock. Go to Applebee's okay. at 10 o'clock. Okay. Like for drinks and stuff, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Half yeah, price yeah. apps. Yeah. They got apps and taps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I worked at a TGI Fridays and that place Mm-hmm. The bar yep. area would start getting busy at ten, and yes. they'd be up until like two a.m. You know, when I used to wait tables, that is, there was a TGI Fridays down the road from where we would work, and when we would get off work, we, from the Olive Garden, it would, we would go to TGI Fridays. If, so, it, did if, you did you wear a lot of flair? Did no, you have I was flare? I was in the post flare era. Uh, oh man, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. If me and Carrie go out of town and there's a TGI Fridays, we go to TGI Fridays. Man, you guys are middle class fancy. We try as best we can <laughs> to put on a show that we're middle class fancy. Well, yeah. I, if anyone is listening, they are going, are y'all going to talk anything about Jesus? I don't know. So, well, so I asked you guys to come on uh, this episode, or I don't know if Josh did, whose idea it was. I don't know. We were talking about it. It's a thing. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so we were talking about it and we just concluded a very special, cool weekend at our church called The Journey. And it's something that... It was our um, first journey. It was our first journey. Um, several, several months ago, I was thinking about um, the concept of this and then kind of putting it down, not on paper, but on my iPad, um, ideas on this and, and what it is we want people to know. And a lot of this stemmed out of conversations with my husband, um, who uh, has been working with the middle schoolers for a long time, and and just the the lack of um, catechesis, um, that lack of um, learning the basics doctrine of the church, and not just for students, but in adults as well. But um, it's almost as if we are we are so much more intentional about going, oh, the kids need to know this, the kid, students need to learn this. Um, and in the process, I think, you know, America, uh, Americans, uh, parents and adults need to learn it too. But um, so all that kind of came around, and we formulated this weekend for our 5th, 6th, and 7th grade students to be here, and both Drew and Matt were part of the leaders for the weekend and led small groups. And so I, we thought it would be cool to kind of get your thoughts on the weekend and on the material and on how you feel the students received it. Um, not as a, not, This isn't a time to critique it. My husband's really good at writing really reviews good and at stuff. Reviews. I just changed all his plans. Um but um <laughs> but to think about what transpired what you got out of it 
and then also kind of pair it with our the series we just kicked off which we're doing called toxic theology and how we can go off into all these isms um and just kind of i don't know we'll see where it goes what kind of a i don't know how it all connects yeah but um we thought we would um go with that yeah Mm -hmm. anything you want to say josh before we get going well the i'm very intrigued with because every time through most the um uh, talks that were given through the journey weekend. Mm-hmm. I was very like, it was because we had the toxic theology series starting Sundays. It was like pinging in my brain about how what they're saying is so contrary to what the students get outside of of the auditorium that they're being told about the Bible and everything, mm-hmm. and how they're getting so much toxic theology outside of that right. room. Well, and I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, and and not just students, but I think all of us. Oh well, yeah, it's just, it's just there. It's just rolling out. So, so the the correlation between Journey and the Toxic Theology series is is quite interesting to me because mm-hmm. of how con- like how contrary the topics are. Yeah. Well, so before I we you guys uh, jump in here, I, I want to give a quick definition of what we said toxic theology is. It's a false teaching about things of God or a bad practice in the name of God. That causes spiritual illness or can cause spiritual illness. So that's kind of the definition we've given to what toxic theology is. So, uh, Matt, I'll start with you. So, um, I mean, I don't think this is, any, I don't think you mind me saying this, but you're a newer believer. I'm a baby Christian. Yeah, yeah, he's a baby. So he's swaddled right now. We've got him swaddled up here. You just can't see it in the studio. Sit, sitting in Drew's um, lap. He can't move his arms. Mm, I got he's a little surprise up. for you. <laughs> <laughs> he's working on it right now. <laughs> That's why his face is red. Okay, so, um, but, so, what are you, like, what, yeah, what was your so, experience so, okay, and all that? Yeah. So, the weekend, well, first of all, thank you all so much for asking me to be a part of that. Um, I was really honored to get to uh, work with these young people, and I just felt it was a, it was a, it was a gift and a responsibility, and I really knew when I was, I was asked about it, I was like, this is a, this is a challenge God is giving me, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a challenge, but also a blessing at the same time, and. Um, he's trusting me with this, so I gotta I gotta make sure I do do it well. So, yeah. um, but that being said, a lot of the topics we discussed. So, so we had some we had the the journey book that we worked through, mm-hmm. and we had some larger uh, whole group discussions, and then we broke down into small group discussions. We had four young men in our group, and me, Parker and I worked together. And the the small groups is I think is where uh, I guess you'd say the magic happened. You know, <laughs> like we we got to really uh, dig deep into a lot of these topics. Um, one young man was even, or two, a couple of them were like, well, how many more of these do we have? This is my favorite part. They really like Yeah. Um, but for me, it was it was helpful because a lot of these things, I was learning alongside the kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my partner, Parker, he's half my age, but he was much more well-versed on these, literally well-versed on these, <laughs> these, uh, these topics than I was. So I was learning from all of them. But um, I think it was helpful for me to be able to, these things being new for me, it was helpful for me to like give examples of like my life or uh, one of the themes, like the whole journey book starts with that, mm-hmm. that analogy, the story of taking the, the wide bridge where all the people are constructing a bridge that's never going to get finished <laughs> or the, um, the small, hard to find difficult, you know, rickety bridge, the hard bridge. And so I was able to keep bringing back to the kids how I've, I spent 41 years or 40 years on that that wide bridge and what mm-hmm. what that meant for my life and how um now being now now having found christ and 
taking that more difficult road, what that's meant for me. And it was helpful for me to be able to share those parts with them because um, a lot of the things we talked about were like sin. And, you know, when kids are saying sin, like they're thinking, oh, yeah, I didn't study for my test or I stayed Mm -hmm. up when I wasn't supposed to or, you know, um, and when they think of consequences, it's like consequences that their mom and dad give them. Like they took my cell phone away or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, um, and I'm not trying to get too real with them or anything, but (laughs) as an adult, the consequences. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We eat dirt sandwiches. Scared Um, straight. (laughs) Matt Cribs. Um, Oh, Lord. So, I'm sorry. Um, oh, hang on. Are we going Are we going into prayer? Hold to, on. We have to pray now. Okay. Amen. That. All right, Amen. continue. Um, but no, the consequences you face it as an adult are much more mm-hmm. real, and they're a lot of times more painful. And so I was able to give them some, um, some appropriate examples of how you know I'm thank just saying, you thank you for keeping it appropriate with them right just how yeah. just how when you're when you're living your life unbalanced or without that compass or without mm-hmm. that foundation of of god in your life how how you can make mistakes or how you can flounder or you can waste you can waste mm-hmm. your your the gifts god has given you or you can kind of flounder from one thing or another or also how god's presence has been in your life when you never knew it yeah, and not until prevenient, hindsight that prevenient grace that prevenient grace when you you see that his hand was at play oh, so many my times. Goodness gracious, yeah. One of the things we said was kind of, they say you ever heard the expression that that fish will be the last ones to discover water. <laughs> so I mean, I feel yeah. a little bit like that since I've been saved. It's like wow, it's like I'm a fish who's just discovered water. This has been all around me all this time, and I've been completely oblivious to it. Yeah, but it was it was fun to be able to share that. With yes, I think yeah, and to have that perspective from from an adult who's who's in that place, yeah, that's mm. good. What about you, Drew? I don't call you Drew often. No, you don't. I almost said honey, but then that just seems <clears throat> odd in a podcast. But anyway, well, one of the things Matt said actually made me think of something different. Before I go into what I was going to say, when he was talking about how they the students don't relate, well, they they have their own set of consequences and their own set of sins that they think of. But the, the thing that I, I've noticed is that they do have severe consequences sometimes for their sin, but they don't they don't connect the consequence yeah. and the sin together. They yeah. don't realize that mm-hmm. this decision they make here led to the situation they're in, and it just turns into, you know, oh, why did this happen? Or, oh, how did this happen to me? And, and instead of, you know, and that's not really what I was going to talk about, but when he was talking, it made me think of that because that's yeah. one of the ways that we try to, when we talk to students is to try and connect the dots so that they can see how um, their life isn't just one second and then another second and then another, but it's a connection of all their decisions and actions and and the things that they go through, they're all related Mm -hmm. and that God's present in all of it before and during and after and all that together at the same time. And well, and hold your, whatever you're about to say, but I just want to point this out because one of the things that I've noticed in doing ministry, especially, but I think even in, even in the roles and the positions that you guys are in, um, you know, Matt, you're an educator. I mean, Drew, you, you're a chemist, but you work with people all the time. You work with a, um, a lot of temporary employees sometimes. Um, but one thing I've noticed is how people and I'm adult people, do not connect the dots between the choices they make and the consequences that come with them. And often when I t- will talk to people who've come are, you know, seeking counsel or, or help like actual, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. tangible help yep. in some way, shape or form. It's like they cannot, they, they have blinders on to 
the consequences that they're dealing with based on the choices they've made. So it's not just a, a child issue no. or a student issue. It is a humanity issue. Um, and, and I, I just, I think it's, it's, of course we don't want to, you don't want to just use the consequences as a seed. See, that's God. Um, you know, cause there's good and there's grace and there's, there's hope and there's promise, but recognizing, um, that there is a consequence and let's, let's be clear consequences aren't always negative there there are positive consequences for choices that we make and decisions we make that honor god and that lift him up you know so mm-hmm. um, but i just want to point as soon as you said that drew it made me think about how i've dealt with adults that just they can't see the connection Mm-mm. and it's just like it's like crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis and and the, and it, that's a gosh again another another episode for another time. Uh, yeah. So anyway, continue yeah. on if you would. So the journey weekend. Um, I really enjoyed my time with the students. I thought it was fun. I thought it was well received, and you know the kids were enjoying it. Um, my experience was a little different from Matt's. My my small group was was good. I love all the boys. Nothing nothing negative there. But I felt like I felt like my guys were more interested in the teaching the larger group teachings mm-hmm. um and i don't know you know it was just different you know and, and my you know i think maybe my, the age of mine i had the younger boys you did, yeah you did. and so you know they were ready to go on just move to the next thing quick quick move to the next thing and that's okay that's just where they're at um but um what i noticed throughout the weekend specifically and, and kind of back to the reasons why we have weekends like or we, why we chose to design this and shannon set it up and organized it um, you know, we spent a lot of time looking up Bible verses mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah. and I know that, you know, Matt, as a, a new Christian, you, you could probably identify with this. You know, when somebody says a Bible verse and a chapter and a book, you, you might not know where it is. Now you, you've read a lot and you're quick, you're a quick study. But when I, when I say that every, you know, 90% of the kids in the room, a hundred percent of the time had to use the table of contents mm-hmm. for Agreed. every Same. book of the Bible. The, yeah. No matter if it was Genesis or <laughs> yeah. Revelation, they still looked it up in the um, table of contents. Now, I'm not disparaging them because if they don't that's know, they don't start. know. That's, you where, know, you know, that's where you got to look. Uh-huh. But what it pointed out to me is that, <clears throat> and it might be a bigger issue than what we're thinking, but in my mind, I actually almost see this as a deficit or a competition with the digital age. That we're oh, in. without a doubt. Yeah. And, yeah, and maybe 100%. that's not where y'all thought I was going to go with that. But I see, you know, the ability to read a book and, and remember, you know, what's at the beginning and what's mm-hmm. in the middle and what's in the end, that's that's gone. You know, that's not a skill that children have. And so we do have to kind of model and shift our teaching to kind of match mm-hmm. the current culture. But at the same time, it, it showed that they didn't they just didn't know they haven't learned mm-hmm. these things they mm-hmm. either you know and they're not learning them at home and they're not learning them at the church either you know mm-hmm. it, it's like they're they're getting to middle school and i'm like hey let's let's read the story of you know moses and let's turn to exodus and they're like well, where's exodus and i'm like well it's after genesis oh where's that <laughs> where's that and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah and 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 so i find myself in almost every like even on sunday nights when we teach uh, the students I find myself having to give a huge amount of background information, no matter what we're teaching on, because the context of the Bible, the setting, the location, the people, the cultures, yep. that information is just not present. 
No. So that when we when we teach from a verse or when we teach from a chapter or even something that Jesus says, every time I find myself having to go back and explain context because it's very obvious from the questions that the students ask or the expressions on their faces that they don't understand what's being said in that passage in terms of the entire context of the world that it was being said in. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and that um, is hard because it's like I have to teach history. I t- have to teach just how adults behave like the things that they would say <laughs> are related to what adults yeah. do you're, or you're describing in, you know. my my message prep is what you're doing so, right now you're, well, that that's what i do message yeah. prep. and i think sometimes the only difference is is there's there's a little more familiarity with the basic story <laughs> right but the context is is kind of lost and so i think that's that comes that's part of the responsibility we have is teaching um but um you know, if it's a pattern that continues and continues and continues, one, I look at us in the church and go, oh, are we failing? Um, but then you do think, like, okay, w- what else is, how else is this child being, this student being taught, um, discipled, uh, mentored, you know, poured into? And um, and that, that's that's lacking. So it really is. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know how much y'all want to get into this, but I, looking back, like at my childhood, you know, it was still popular to do sword drills. Sword drills! And I knew that yeah. was going to come up. You did up. those, didn't you, Josh? Yeah, I, yeah. I went through the whole Awana program, so yeah, I've done okay. all that, yeah. And Matt's probably like, what are y'all talking about? I've heard y'all describe it. That's about it. <laughs> and I'm not Actually, picking on you. you guys are going to do it tomorrow night at your uh, community group. Yes, yes sword we will, drills. at our community group. You should. Us you should. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm it'd down. be hilarious. I think we'll do okay. You but, should bring a bag but, of candy but we'll in all ha- But we'll all have an electronic Bible, so it'll be like... <laughs> Oh, well, Exodus, got can, it. Who can Google the fastest? Well, you know, I, I was thinking of uh, not last week's sermon, but the, the week before, you're talking about proof texting. Yeah. And digi- the digital age kind of just really oh makes that worse because oh, instead yeah. of saying, turn your Bibles to this verse, you just type that verse in and it just plucks it's that verse. just that verse. Right. Yep. Just yeah. all by itself. No context. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, cross stitching had done a bad way before then context though. was way before yeah, <laughs> yeah. Street, that's true. um but no i think you're both right i think mm-hmm. the the digital era is is something that um that that plays a part in this but um you know it's not beyond um <clears throat> obviously it's not beyond well, god's well, ability well, you know to, i mean even think preach. about like sundays right if, yeah. if you're teaching and yep. then you put a verse on the screen and yep. it says you know Matthew and something something something, mm-hmm. and then there's a verse, and it's something Jesus said, and yep. and you know everybody out there is taking even the people that are taking notes. Their notes are in Matthew. It says this, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they don't know where Matthew is. I'm sure they do, but they didn't read it in context. We talked about that. They didn't read it. Yeah, we did. And you know they as a people. I mean, you read it in context before you taught about it, mm-hmm. and you understood it, or even you set it up. You might have even shared, but you know their notes now forever say in Matthew it says this. Yep, and and. You know, mo- most people's notes. You and, know, they're, and they're not going to dig any deeper than those notes. Right. And, I mean, they might. I don't, I don't mind. But I don't wanna, the general, yeah. the general, I mean, I'm guilty of that from time to time. You know, it's just different, you well, know. And, and Well, when I study from my Bible, I, I, I use an actual study Bible. It's the one that uh, Shannon gave me as a gift, mm-hmm. a graduation gift. Um, and that, if you look at those, at least the one you got me, that study Bible, two-thirds of the page. Yes, is the context is and narrative it's right so about good. It's yeah. so good. But that's when the kids would ask questions. See, I don't have that background knowledge like yeah. like you do. So I would go to that note. Well, let's see what note. this says here. Right, yeah. right. And that yeah. helped not only 
<clears throat> them understand but me understand as well. Yeah. So Sunday I referenced a, um, a survey, a study that had been done uh, in 2005, Five, yeah, 17 years ago, among 3,000 teenagers about religious beliefs, and they all claimed to be Christians, um, but they, but what was found is that the doctrines of of the Trinity and, and just what holiness means and sin and grace and justification and all these things, that they just, there was a lack of understanding, a lack of being able to even, uh, even give close to a definition or understanding of it was just gone. And what they found in, in kind of replacing that was to boil it down was that they just really viewed Christianity as, um, seeking personal happiness, um, being nice, kind, you know, good citizen, however you want to word that, and one day uh, getting into heaven. And that's kind of what that was boiled down to. Um, any thoughts on that and, you know, what you saw over the weekend or what you heard from our students? Yeah. Well, well, to even put that in context, I was a teenager when this survey was done. Yeah. So the, those teenagers are now the 30-year-olds, 30, yep. 30 their parents. And when those things were weren't taught or impressed upon them as teenagers now they're not impressing upon it to their kids yeah yeah and i and i don't know if i'm i want to give myself a loophole here or not as a pastor but like are these things not being taught or are they not being understood or is it a mixture of both I, uh, okay so i have a <laughs> i have a thought on this yes um part of it i think might be just teenage naivete you know? um, because like someone could have you, been shouting it to him and they just didn't hear it exactly um because i think it's not till you become an adult that frontal that, lobe is developed <laughs> well that's when you realize how you realize how hard it is to be happy and be nice <laughs> you know like you run into that wall like okay well you know that so uh, you're you're I'm really unhappy right now i don't know if i want to be nice to you right so yeah. like how do, how do you do that? How do you be happy? Like, oh, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to lead my life how I'm supposed to. Um, you finally hit that wall. So as adults, I think, I think maybe all those things that were shouted at you. Yeah. Um, maybe as a teenager or a young kid, those things uh, probably resonate more as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, coming from someone that was listening as a teenager, that list, I can, I can point out three of them that I was, no, that the preacher didn't talk about. Yeah. Or that the, the youth group didn't go into there were certain things that were hot topics and that's what the church was hitting on like like uh you know they were always hitting on trinity holiness and sin like Mm -hmm. like you could go you could go into any a little bit about justification well yeah 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 maybe not in youth group heard more about that in in the the main sunday service but you'd hear about these all the time but you wouldn't necessarily hear about the others about like love and grace and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like from my experience, some like some of these that they're even talking about weren't hit on. Like they would maybe be mentioned occasionally in the service, but never really expounded upon like sin and and justification and the Trinity and stuff like that. Okay. So um, what, Drew? I mean, you grew up in the church as well, mm-hmm. so like you kind of have your own like you have your own experiences about how how this kind of stuff hit was impressed upon you as a child. So how did you know about these things growing up? You know, and you have a different background than I do. Me coming from a Baptist background and you coming from a Methodist background. Yeah. So I, you know, I grew up 
here in Valdosta at a Methodist church, and I had a really good experience as a child in that church and a youth um, growing up. And um, I guess as a child, like in, in elementary school, what I remember most about it was the Bible stories in general, like getting the grasp in my head around the people, what they did, why they were doing it. And, you know, that was the end. I mean, that was, that was it, but it, it stuck with me. You know, I talked about this to Shannon, I think the other day maybe, but our um, children's pastor there, she, um, she used to lead us in for our, uh, like, I guess it was during Wednesday nights when we, when the elementary kids would be there and not when we were in the youth group yet. And we would occasionally or quite frequently end up playing Bible baseball. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you were telling me and that. I know this yeah. game. And uh, she had a master list Did of questions. Did you win questions. the World Series, Josh? Is no. That <laughs> she had a master list never of very maybe, good. I don't know, 200 questions or so, and she divided them up into difficulty, first base, second base, third base, and home run. And <clears throat> as, a, as a player, you got to get up to bat. Mm-hmm. You could pick your question. You could say if you wanted to hit a home, you know, home run or a um, – double or whatever and she would give you that difficulty of a question and you know you'd bat you'd bat yourself around or you'd bat your teammates around and you would score and it worked so well to teach us basic biblical knowledge you know it'd be like just random questions you know you know someone would be easy like name three of the disciples but that same question might appear on the hard question and it'd be name all of the disciples you know and, mm-hmm. and so it was it was great but it, the, the, Dash your dancer, prancer, vixen, exactly. Call, keep it darn, blitz. Exactly. And the kids would really get into it. But, you know, if you were in that group from kindergarten to fifth grade, by the time you were in fifth grade, you knew every question on that list. Or you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you'd heard them all so it many times. It was catechesis. Yep. But it worked. And it stuck with us. Um, we really didn't start talking about the more advanced things like the Trinity and the concept of the Trinity probably until middle school. Um, and then in high school some, too. Um, and... Um, but that was still the pre-digital age. We still didn't have mm. phones in our hands. Yeah, I was pre. So we brought our too. we brought our Bibles, and we just by participating over time, we learned how For the sure. Bible was arranged, where things were, what they meant. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 didn't say. You know, I really liked the sermon a few weeks ago about uh, where you mentioned the genres, the Bible being divided into genres, mm-hmm. and we never said that officially. No, yeah. but I knew it. Like yeah. right. I did know that because I knew that they weren't all written the same. It, you couldn't turn to any verse in the Bible and say, "Look, see, this is what it says right here." So this must mean this. Like I knew, like that you this is a do prophetic that. word. No, yeah, it's the like, Psalms. So. Yeah, exactly. It's Sometimes a song. It was a song. <laughs> yeah, a you song. know, David wrote it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and he he had all sorts of problems, but uh, <laughs> no. um, you know, I mean, most songwriters do. I mean, <laughs> musicians. So, uh, you know, I knew those things just by the exposure mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't know. It's just so easy to take things out of context now, or, or to to view things with a very limited context, yeah. just because of the way things are presented in our modern electronic world. So, what was your? What would you guys think was? Um, I don't know. What What is your hope for the student that that participated this past weekend that didn't really have any sort of? Um, you know, starting point. I mean, like this was the starting point for them. Like, I, I'm just curious. Like, what was your hope for the weekend as they walked out of it? Well, my my hope is as they sit through a sermon or they, you know, hear these terms being used, they, they mm-hmm. have some gravity behind them, like what they mean. Like when you're mentioning in a sermon holiness or sin or 
justification or um or the Trinity or all, right. all these concepts, you know, whenever you don't know what a word really means. And that's one thing I appreciate about your sermons is you, you go into the, the history behind the word and how it was formed and its root word. And, um, you give a lot of background to unfamiliar vocabulary. So when you don't know what a word means, and I know this as an educator, you just kind of it blanks out. Yeah. Like that word yeah. just kind of washes over and you just skip over that word. But there's so many terms like that. We speak a lot of Christianese. Right. That even Christ- And even as non-Christians, we're, we're in a Christian culture. So you've heard all of these terms most likely. Maybe Correct. not provenient grace, but um, I mean, that's kind of an obscure Wesleyan term that not everyone knows. But otherwise, a lot of this is in our vernacular. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't know Even the if meanings. you don't know what they yeah. mean, yeah. Right. And if you don't know really what what the words really truly mean a lot of those words at least for me just kind of wash over mm-hmm. kind of glaze right um but they have more you know substance more gravity now so my hope is students are able to navigate hearing those kind of messages and having those conversations mm-hmm. um in a more intentional way now yeah to where mm-hmm. to where you know I, previously, me, me personally, this holiness, okay, holiness just means being good, right? That's right. what, I, that's what right. I thought. Like, I didn't understand the full <clears throat> depth of that term and mm-hmm. what, what that actually means. It means being a good citizen, right? Exactly. Isn't that what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so hopefully they, they leave with a, a working knowledge of, of some, of the, some of these terms and some of these concepts. And that you have to have that common, I think, that base, that foundation of understanding before you can get into some of the deeper or more complex mm-hmm. concepts. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Drew? I, I guess this is my hope, and kind of in general, not just for the Journey Weekend, but it's more <clears throat> not just a, a biblical understanding, but my hope for the students, I guess, is that they would know that there is a place that they can turn to for answers, um, mm-hmm. whether it be adults or whether it be the Bible or whether it be the Holy Spirit. Um, because I know what it feels like to be at that age, to be 12 years old and to wonder and to think about things like eternity and life and death and things like that and just have those things go over your head in you you know roll around in your head and not feel sure or not feel not feel confident that you can ask anybody questions that they will be able to understand or provide you with an answer that Uh makes sense or gives you some kind of comfort Uh because when you really start thinking about things like that you can get overwhelmed when you're at a young age (laughs) your 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 brain and your heart and your mind just gets overwhelmed with this vastness of creation and you know eternity and and god's love and how big it is and how big god is and you know you know the number one question asked all weekend well well well, who created god that was the yeah you know where did god come from that was like the number one question and so to know that they are young and that they are eager to know the answers to these kind of questions but to but at the same time to maybe feel that they don't know where they can ask those questions or Mm -hmm. know that there are people that struggle with the same thoughts um, and that they there there is a system here in the church and in our community that can help them answer those questions and get past that point of yeah you know that scary doubt of oh my gosh this is huge and I don't know how I fit into all this and 
do I really matter in the grand scheme of things? Like that's, and you know, there are some kids at that age, they don't care. I mean, I'm not saying that to be mean, but they, they just, yeah. they, they don't think about that. They're yeah. thinking about sports and their next, uh, you know, fun thing they're going to go do. But then there are a few kids that are sitting around oh, wondering yeah. like, is this real? What are mm-hmm. they talking about? They're talking about heaven. They're talking about hell. And they're talking about forever. What the heck? I don't, <laughs> how do I, how do I grasp with that? And, and that's a scary feeling to be stuck in that mindset and not feel like you have somebody to talk to about it mm-hmm. or that you have a place where answers can be found or at least other people that don't have the answers can be found yeah. for, for community. So yeah, and that's, that's, one... that's kind of how I feel about youth ministry in general, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can, they can always play games <laughs> with their friends anywhere, but this is a place where we can offer that you know, guidance for their heart, their soul, yeah. their yeah. their brain, you know, things like that. So. Yeah, that's the one thing I heard from a lot of um, of the small group leaders was we, they asked a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I think giving them the, letting them know they had the freedom to do that and they weren't going to be ridiculed yeah. or laughed at or whatever was, was yeah. really good. So um, <clears throat> anything else on the weekend before I kind of shift gears and, and, and talk about toxic theology for a minute? Anything else you guys wanted to throw out that was? There was one small group where we were talking about death. And Uh I remember distinctly that my group of younger boys specifically had nothing to talk about. (laughs) In that they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't want to think about it. They were like, okay, great. That's cool. Because it hadn't, you know, mortality hasn't touched them yet, I guess. And then there were other groups that that was the longest session they had. And they just, you know, and they had questions and questions. And not just... You know, death. I'm sure they talked about other stuff, did too. Did dinosaurs come up in either of oh, your groups? Oh, yeah. Yes, well, What about the dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> was it? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, mine was more of the questions about timelines and oh, days yes. versus years and millennia yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. And just Same. That came up a lot, too, was, you know, trying to wrap their logical brains around uh, mm-hmm. around supernatural events yep. right mm-hmm. and that's really what it is and, and then when you tell them nope we don't have that figured out the yeah. minds just blow yeah we well, don't I, we I don't would just say we can't we can't hope to understand the mind of god it's beyond our understanding <laughs> you know and we try to put it in terms that we get and we understand in, in the world in front of us but that's just not possible that's for right some of these things that's why he gave yep. us the bibles that's to help a, us understand that bit and yeah. the holy spirit to understand it that's right well so um thank you guys for that and thank y'all for your for your time this weekend so like i said we started the the series toxic theology and um i mentioned that we were going to kind of move into the isms you know we mentioned the therapeutic moralistic deism i don't know if you guys are familiar with that had you heard that before yeah i can't say it and then um (laughs) universalism and then uh relativism and subjectivism and and those things and and those are just examples of some of the toxic theology but it's interesting because i think even as we were describing how uh some of the students and adults like how we just don't know I wonder how much of this toxic theology has has played into why we don't um, take it more seriously, why we don't seek out, uh, why as churches even we don't, um, you know, catechize more. Why don't we teach the d- disciplines of the church um, and those questions like number one, who is God? You know, like and those kinds of things. Why don't why don't we do that more? And I really do think that the 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 theology of the isms that are out there have have kind of seeped into not just 
culture, but I would say into the church as well. Um, any thoughts you guys want to, uh, yeah, you heard me say it. I don't know. You guys might've been too tired from the weekend or no, uh, doing I, other things to, well, I, I can say, I think, I think the Bible can be very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. So especially to someone who has no, no background or familiarity in it while, and while I'm a baby Christian, mm-hmm. I, I went to a Christian school for a number of years as a kid. So I was familiar with the books of the Bible. Yeah. I studied religion in college. So I, I was understood. <laughs> I understood like, you know, from an academic stance, a lot, a lot of what was in the Bible. Right. But even then, even for me, just a, like approaching the Bible from a spiritual standpoint was intimidating to me. Yeah. Like trying to make sense, trying to make sense of, well, this is how I viewed it until I started doing it, and it ended up being much easier than I thought. But I'm um, trying to approach this this ancient text and glean meaning from it to apply to my modern life, mm-hmm. and just trying to struggle through it. And I'd say that study Bible is what really really helped me with that. But um, it wasn't until I got in and started, you know, interacting with my Bible that I saw that wasn't that wasn't the case. But I know it's super intimidating. Yeah, and I think I think that's hard. I think reading and applying it to yourself and analyzing and really you know gut checking and holding that up holding that up to your life that's difficult you know Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's much easier to have someone just kind of decipher it for you and tell you yeah hey this is this is what that means yeah yeah Mm. that's good what about you honey anything with the isms and the and the Bible and that, yeah, because we did, we made that transition from the Bible to now going, all right, now what, what happens when we, when that gets misused or misapplied or misaligned, I guess, if you will. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I, I was, the one thing I keep thinking about, and this might be off track from where you're trying to go, but I don't uh, think so. I don't um, have a destination. And I don't even know which ism this would be. But I would call it in my mind, I view it as selfishism, whatever that is. I don't know yeah. which one that categorizes. And, and what I'm getting at is, um, I think for whatever reason, our culture is shifting to more and more of, if it sounds right to me, then it must be right. Or that I like that. So that must be the truth, or that must be. I'm talking about that this and, and I'm sure you relativism, will. relativism, and, and subjectivism. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, it's so. Let me define my truth, and then I'm going to live it. And right. how dare you question me about it? And I love the parts of the Christianity or the Bible that matches with that. Yeah. But everything else, but that's what plays into that is yep. reading one verse at a time. Mm-hmm. That yeah the yeah and and or let let me let me go ahead and. Um, adopt a mindset and then find verses that yeah, support exactly. it. Exactly. Putting the cart in front of the horse. And I don't even think, um, you know, even if you get outside of the church and the Bible and you look at in the world we're living in, I think that applies just with every situation that's going on. Now. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you see, like, I don't know. I mean, things that shouldn't be subjective are now. But they weren't subjective twenty years right. ago. The fact is, now, five years know, ago, and, and I'm not even talking about the big things. I mean, just you know, the, I don't even know examples. But just <laughs> well, that, it's, they talk about in some ways, like with the internet age, is like a post truth. Yeah, um, it's a it's post truth era. Post-truth. Yeah. era. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I recently um, read about the internet and what 
when it first like became mainstream and people like common people were using it and what the ways they thought it was going to revolutionize human thinking <laughs> and people were going to have all this information available at their fingertips and people's minds would be expanded <laughs> and in fact what we have done is um, basically sought out the information that supports what we already think and has turned our <laughs> beliefs into these v, these vast deep echo chambers that we just only yeah. only engage with what supports what we already yeah. want to you think. Re you referenced a guy on the last week's podcast about a guy that was talking about how technology and information was going to it was supposed to expand what we were thinking but yes. what it was ultimately going to oh, do yeah. was like funnelize our thought processes and something yeah it was a book and it was kind of based on um 1984 well yeah it was written in that same time frame um i'm looking here in my notes because i don't want to i don't want to say it wrong but um he it was kind of um brave new world 1984 type um writing and it was about i'm trying to find it what was our episode episode what 60 yeah, but, who knows? But while you're finding that, I oh, want to yeah. kind of piggyback onto what Drew was saying. And it's like, you know, you were talking about how Christian, and I'm going to piggyback off both of you. Matt was talking about how it, Christianity can be intimidating. I, I almost see it as people see Christianity as boring and almost it, and then it also deprives self of self worth. Like, because I'm in Christianity, I'm not the most important thing. Mm hmm. And then, so when it's talking about other things that isn't me, why would I care? I think that's a great point. Um, I think that in just watching TV or commercials or listening to anybody that thinks they're a celebrity, everything you hear now is about how you are more important than everyone else around me. Mm -hmm. Or yep. I am more important than everyone else around me. So either way it's presented, uh, if somebody's proclaiming they're the best or they're you know the most important thing in the room, they're either... Um, they're they're reinforcing that thought in other people so that they think they're now more and yep. so that is the entire opposite of who Jesus was mm -hmm. you know he 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 put other people first as a lifestyle yep. I wouldn't even say as a rule just as a way of living the way he lived yeah and and so the culture we're in now is all about myself me what can I do to get ahead how can I succeed it's never how can I help others succeed? How can I help others, you know, do this or do that? It's always how can I succeed and get ahead, get first, get the the best job, the biggest paycheck, the you know whatever it is, or the most recognition. And it's tough, and, and it's it, hard to compete with that because it's being ingrained in our students. Right, and so now they don't understand, you know, and adults either. I don't pick on our students because I love our students. And no, I mean, I, I, yeah. but it's like our they don't understand service like when we have mission weeks and we do things like that it's they it, it's it's bewildering because it's not about them right mm -hmm. it's it's like why are we doing this i'm not yeah getting, and i'm not saying they think and that how, because yeah. the ones that isn't come, that an infantile yeah. like mindset i mean i and i don't mean that to knock them like that is the mindset that it and an infant has i mean it is it is so mm -hmm. self uh, egocentric. I mean, it is. Uh, what are my needs? And you need to meet my needs. And yep. 
doesn't matter what else is going on. I, I found that um, quote and to talk what you were talking about with um, how we thought everything would just blow our minds and we would be so, you know, super, super right. smart and everything, um, is that a, a, a guy named Neil Postman, he made a prediction in, in his, a book he wrote in 1985 called Amusing Ourselves to Death. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard of it, but um, he, he wrote that uh, in the future – we would be oppressed not by an outside force like Big Brother in George Orwell's 1984, but rather he said that people will come to love their oppression, to adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. <laughs> and then he pointed to um, Brave New World, uh, Al- Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World. He says that he predicted that with the rise of technology and communication, people wouldn't be deprived of information, but rather they would be given so much that they would become passive and egocentric <laughs> and he feared quote the truth would be lost in a sea of irrelevance wow end quote wow that's mm. prophetic i mean dang well uh, and and i'm assuming you hadn't heard last week's podcast and you hit the nail on the head with that right no i, I haven't heard last last week's episode okay so <laughs> <laughs> me neither guilty. me neither matt oh what you didn't well okay so so um that reminds me of Remember I said, like, sometimes people, it's easier, especially with matters of, of like this, like, it's sometimes it's easier rather than to do that work to have somebody tell you what it means, or sometimes it might come of from, course. just might be, come from a lazy place, like, it's mm-hmm. easier. Well, before, before I was saved, I used to, I often viewed, like, organized religion, I was like, okay, well, I think a lot of people identify with that so much because, you know, it gives them a a set of rules or guidelines to live by and you know certain things are just spelled out what are right or wrong and it's you know it's easy to just move forward and focus on other things because you have something that mm-hmm. tells you everything that's right or yeah. wrong and I, can, I now I know how incredibly wrong and pig-headed that thought was because now I realize when you when you have faith everything is comes into question every everything is analyzed and scrutinized and if you're doing it right nothing you're always constantly looking at yourself and um it's it's probably one of the biggest like self studies you can do is to pursue your faith and try to align your life with with, oh, it, with it, the it life is. of Jesus oh yeah um i, I could not and it have doesn't been come automatically truth. and no. it doesn't come automatically it's a choice for you to do that and you have mm-hmm. to do it every day, all the time, constantly. Yeah. It's, and, and it's one of the toughest things you can do. It's incredibly rewarding, too. Yeah. But, but yes, it's... But it also... It's work. Your tail. It, it's work. It hurts. Mm-hmm. Were you going to read something, honey? Oh, I was just thinking about... <clears throat> I'm going to start I, calling all of our guests honey, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> well, I, I did want to say, though, you know, uh, that when I was talking earlier about, you know, not... About how everything is about ourselves, mm-hmm. but just how rewarding it is lately when I do see some of our students understand it and really serve and realize that God Mm -hmm. is first and other people are second and that they're last, you know, when you finally see that in somebody, it is so heartwarming and rewarding beyond. And yes. And and so I don't want to, I don't, I definitely didn't want to get on here and sound like I'm negative towards our own kids because that's not at all true. (laughs) I want to help and teach. And and it's just so awesome to see that realization mm-hmm. uh, on their face and all that. Um, but anyway, I was actually going to read a quote from a book that I read, and it reminded me of our conversation. And it was this is a quote from Michael Crichton. Mm. Hey, he's the guy that wrote Jurassic Park. It's actually from that book. Probably wasn't in the movie though. So probably not. Didn't probably read not. the book. 
But this is a really good I quote. Tr- I tried to read the book. There's a lot of science at first. It is, but it get, actually gets better after the first chapter or two. But anyway, um, it's very good. But <clears throat> he says, In the information society, nobody thinks. We expected to banish paper, but we actually banished thought. Boom. I, I love that quote. And it, Was that from Michael wow. Scott? Michael Crichton, oh, sorry, just in case you didn't. I was talking about or paper. I didn't for, know if it was for those a gender don't know, quote. It's, it might, you, might, you might pronounce it as Michael Crichton, but it's... Critch, uh, Crichton. Crichton. But, uh, yeah, he passed away a while back, actually, like early 2000s. Yeah, um, yeah he he's, did, yeah. He's pretty, We thought we would banish paper, but, but we, actually we banished <laughs> thought. thought. Yep, and that's exactly what Matt was saying, mm-hmm. um, like 10 minutes ago on the podcast. And it just I, when he said that, I was like, oh, I know somebody that said something very similar. And he said it before... Everybody had iPhones in their hand. He said it at the turn. Oh, yeah, that's like... Because it was written in, like, 89. Right. Well, and that's like what I just... The the 85 book was just like, People saw it. Some people saw the lack of thought in our society Mm -hmm. coming with the information age. The more faster we got fed media and information, the less thought people put into the things they were reading and taking in. Yeah. And that's true. And I think we suffer as a people for it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Mm. I do. Well, um, I think you know. We, there's a whole lot. Well, yeah. We didn't get to uh, much on your isms, but that's that's okay. That's okay. We're going to be going into those in the next few weeks in our messages. So, um, and I am going to be talking about subjectivism and and relativism this this um, coming Sunday. Uh, I don't know what the date is. The thirteenth, I believe. Yeah, thirteenth is February thirteenth. Monday's yeah. Valentine's Day. Valentine's. 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 I heard that quite a bit yeah, this week. I wanted to mention a, a book I recently read. It's about, um, look at us book readers. I know. <laughs> Josh is like, uh, I, I've read Batman. I, I knew the book. I knew the book he was quoting. Yeah. Well, I know, but tell us about a book you're reading. So there's so a anyway, book Matt. called Injustice. <laughs> it's based on the video game. Oh, it's gotcha. a comic book. Okay. Yeah, anyway, really all right, back to you, Matt. Lots of pictures. <laughs> Lots of pictures. <laughs> Couldn't help. I read a lot hey, of picture books. That's what they call low-hanging fruit. Hey, Sorry. I respect comic books as an art form legitimately. So um, They're graphic I, novels. Buzzing. Oh, yeah, there's this book. Uh, by an author his name is Yuval Harari it's called 20, 21 yeah. Lessons for the 21st Gesundheit. Century yeah. uh-huh. can you spell that later um, he's he's Jewish so uh-huh. I'm probably I couldn't tell I'm not being so hopefully we've uh, you know offended we, we've offended all I, our Jewish did I, listeners did I is that offensive <laughs> no, I took kidding. I took Hebrew I can do the okay okay <laughs> I'm probably the one who butchered it I have no idea yeah Anywho, he's talking about um, throughout human history, different different time periods that were like marked great upheaval. And one was when we became, you know, lar- when large societies became prevalent. Mm-hmm. And then when um, things like when the Roman Empire fell and decentralization happened. Yep. Then the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, that's what that I mean. totally turned the world on its ear. Um, because agrarian society didn't work anymore and wealth disparities created communism and we had two world wars. But he's he, he outlines all of human history and he says we are in the middle of one of those right now with the information age. It's with a, the access yeah. to all the information we have access to, but also the ease at which it is, the, the ease at which thoughts can be persuaded. Oh, my goodness. Right. And he says we're in the middle of one of these great shifts in human history right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is amazing. It just and all you gotta do is post it, and it'll be it, it's, it's fact. And they this, will come. <laughs> this, this is probably the biggest change in information with cell phones and social media since the printing press was invented. Mm-hmm. It is the fastest. It, it is the biggest change in information collection in 500 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. When I was a kid, my mom said the two greatest inventions that she'd witnessed in her life were the microwave. And the VCR. And she was saying those were two huge pieces. This is pre-internet. And I was like, wow, I wonder what that's going to be for me. <laughs> you know? And I didn't. Surprise. It didn't take long to answer that question. Uh, iPhone. Yeah. Call waiting. Call, call waiting on. was big in my in my day. Caller ID. And. Um, yeah, caller ID was the thing. Caller ID mm-hmm. was good too. Call waiting was pretty cool though. Um, I have to say back yeah. in the day. You know, when you talk on the phone at night to your friends. Now they don't do that. So. They're getting another call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a moment. I'm getting another call. Well, so. You have to put you on hold for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. Um, it was good. Good conversation. So Josh and I get tired of talking fun. at each other sometimes, so it's good to have someone else I come don't. in the room. I mean, I was just kidding. Um, speak for, for speak for myself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, yeah. No, Dang. it was it was really good. Gotta and go thank, reevaluate. Thank myself. you guys for the um, for the weekend and for what you guys did. And we had some fantastic help. Yeah, some, we did. Some, Thanks for having us. All the helpers were wonderful. All the and the students were willing and they were ready to learn and they did a good job. They followed along and everyone fed us constantly. We got yeah. Yeah. Nobody went hungry. <laughs> So special Shout thanks out to, to our all of our community Absolutely. groups for providing every ounce of food. That's right. For sure. So good. There, yeah. whether we, we have snacks at the youth group for many. Um, um that's going to be consumed a lot on the ski trip. Come. The high schoolers are going on this <laughs> yeah. weekend. We're eating I'm a whole sure. lot of granola bars. A whole lot of granola bars. <laughs> getting a lot of fiber <laughs> and a lot of a lot of cereal granola. bar, a lot of fruity pebbles cereal bars. You know, we'll that's what you want. Is you want a good? We had some bad granola. You know that I really think. I really think that's what you need to have is a whole lot of fiber and then go up on a mountain somewhere to ski. Yeah. Mm. I think that's always a good time. Long At least the woods, ride. At least <laughs> the woods <laughs> are nearby. Long bus rides. Yeah. Don't eat the brown snow. Well, we are making a sharp turn here into the inappropriate. So we are going to go ahead and go. But, hey, Porch Community, thanks for being with us today and for listening in. And uh, we hope to see you Sunday. And we hope to be talking to you again very soon. Have a great week. See you. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.